Alright everybody, welcome to Nerd Cyclopedia, episode Y. This episode of Nerd Cyclopedia is brought to you by the Chewbacca Memorial Society, a society of listeners of this podcast who have banded together to win the auction for our advertising time. That's right. And their entire purpose is to say the new expanded universe sucks. And why? Because Chewbacca's alive. And everybody knows that Chewbacca dies in the expanded universe. Join them today by just not buying anything Disney makes. The Chewbacca Memorial Society. Bringing you Nerd Cyclopedia since right now. So, <laughs> so that's uh, the big news. Welcome to Nerd Psychopedia. Hi, my name is Scott. I'm Sam. What's up, people? What's up? What's going on? Everybody, so we have a sponsor. Uh, we did a, an impromptu <laughs> auction, and uh, I'm just going to say that bad rates are not uh, not too high here at Nerd Psychopedia. The Chewbacca uh, Memorial Society. Wow. That's right. That's, that's, right. A, um, that's a, a nice little union there, you know? It is. You know, those guys are... <laughs> They're very vocal. <laughs> How you doing, Sam? Oh, what's going on, Scott? What's happening with you, buddy? Oh, man, you know, I'm just enjoying this uh, lousy smarch weather. Oh, really? really uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> really it needs to, to fast forward into the real spring, you know, so let's, let's, get, it, let's get it going. Let's get it going. Absolutely. So this week... <laughs> Under Encyclopedia, as we've been saying recently, we are <laughs> we are biased against numbers here. So today we'll be doing a letter again for the twenty fifth straight time. <laughs> we'll be doing for the twenty fifth straight time. <laughs> Damn it. Today's, today's letter is why, uh, which is also a question. <laughs> you can ask someone if you want to just really get in their face. You know, why? Now, why? now, now, whether they answer it, you know, that's totally up to that single person. <laughs> it's a question Nancy Kerrigan's famous for asking. Uh, yes. That's, that's, that's why. Uh, so, so Y also is not a numeral in any way. And sometimes it is uh, the stand-in for a function in math. Y is also known. It's so, so if you have a, like an algebraic function, Y equals 1X plus 3, right? And you'd have to solve for, for Y. You know? So that, that's kind of how that works. Uh, you just lost me there, buddy. Hey, don't worry about it. It's yep. fine. All right. Anyway, that's the nerd portion. So Bring- to kick everything off today... Um, the uh, Chewbacca Memorial Society's <laughs> kickoff post of the week is the Yuzun Vong, a, a race from the old expanded universe who came out of the depths of the void between the galaxies and it was invisible in the Force and remade the galaxy in their image. No uh, non-living technology, all organic technology and DNA manipulation basically for those guys. They uh-huh. also worshipped their gods through pain. So a very, very tough race. Worship their gods through pain. How does that yes. work? How does that function? Well, well, like how, you know, sometimes when you touch something fire hot, right? And you say, oh, God. It's an exaltation. <laughs> so they torture. They, like, disfigure themselves. They all look crazy. Like, they all got, like, you know, no noses and stuff. Oh, wow. To cut them off ritualistically. Uh, that's really masochistic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. 
Wow. You fight you with crazy. these lizard, these lizard snake things that are like can stand up to a a lightsaber for some reason, even though they're lizards. Okay. You know, and I don't know. I don't know. If, if you, you give me a laser versus a lizard. I'm gonna take the laser most of the time. So when were they created? The Yuuzhan Vong were created um, in the '90s as part of the New uh, Jedi Order. Okay. Um, and uh, their first appearance was uh, <laughs> it's the reason why we call our uh, original EU Protection Society the che- uh, Chewbacca Memorial Society because they <laughs> used a, a gravity well device to drop a moon on him, and uh, he died. Which uh, I think we talked about in the EU podcast, but again, this is a mm-hmm. this Yuuzhan uh, Vong uh, discussion has been brought to you by the uh, Chewbacca Memorial Society, <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> All right, so now that, now that that's out of the way. <laughs> wow, oh, poor man. Chewbacca. You know, yeah, you know, he, he lived a good long life, you know. He's still in movies, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's no way Peter Mayhew thought he was going to get 50 years of work out of that role, oh, right? Oh, man, that is funny. That is funny. I mean, you figure at the same time that he's making Chewbacca, there's that other that Nigerian architecture students wearing that costume on Alien. Like, that's all happening at the same time, you know, in production. Wait, is P- Peter Mayhew still doing Chewbacca? I don't. I think he's still doing most of the role. Yeah, I mean, he's not doing stunts or anything. But oh, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I was they about say to that, say. <laughs> they say that he looks different. Like okay. well, you can tell when it's him. Okay. But oh, listen, really? I'm not a. I'm not a specialist. Okay. <laughs> and when it comes to the special effects they use to bring Chewbacca to life. Uh huh. Because he's not. A, he's not alive, according to our sponsors. <laughs> he has been dead for some time. He's dead. So this is anathema to us. Right. I'm just, I'm just a hired gun, everybody. I'm just trying to explain to you what this means. <laughs> Jonas Suatamo is the new Chewbacca. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My guess. Listen, I know nothing but he's still about. technically dead because he's... <laughs> <laughs> this is a different Chewbacca? <laughs> also, this next movie's a flashback, so it's okay. Exactly. It's okay. <laughs> I just hope we don't get any nuke the fridge moments, you know. So. Oh man, yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay, keep with so, the cannon. That's so, Chew, uh, Chewbacca Memorial Society. Yeah, a great you know union. If you listen to the lyrics of the uh, Star Wars main theme backwards. Mm-hmm. It says Chewbacca's dead repeatedly. <laughs> man, you're just you're just trolling the society, man. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, CMS man, they're they're gonna be on your ass. <laughs> I just really hope that the 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 student, the writing campaign to get me fired from uh, this podcast is uh, is not successful. I think I got the votes. Oh, it's gonna ramp up now, boy. Oh man, <laughs> hate Scott indeed. Hate hashtag. Whew. Okay, all right. Okay, so. <laughs> So now that the sponsor content's over with, so we're going to move on to, <laughs> to something I'm a little bit nerdy about, and this is because uh, this gentleman is a historical figure. He is from my home state of West By God, Virginia, the first uh, gentleman to exceed the speed of sound in an aircraft. The man's name is Charles Elwood Yeager Chuck. All right. Yeager. Yeager. Chuck Yeager. Chuck is an American hero, and he's still kicking. Alive and kicking. Uh, Retired United States Air Force general. Yes. So he, you know, he his, his story is super interesting because he mm-hmm. um, he enlisted as a mechanic right at the beginning of, uh, of World War II. 
and uh, he couldn't do flight training because he was too young. Okay. And so he, eventually he lobbied for him, was uh, you know got his promotion to flight officer, and he basically was just an, an amazingly skilled pilot immediately. Okay. Uh, so he was one of the um, you know one of the real fighter aces of World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made ace in a day, meaning he shot down five enemy aircraft in a single mission. Um, and uh, that's super duper impressive. And basically, after the end of the war, he was recognized as one of the most talented pilots in the United States. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, so he was assigned to the test uh, uh, to basically uh, Edwards Air Force Base, so he could do testing. Mm-hmm. And they were basically they were trying to develop supersonic aircraft, but they kept having these issues where, as they approached the sound barrier, the aircraft would disintegrate and explode, uh-huh. which is suboptimal if you're looking to, you know, have, have trained pilots. <laughs> it's not going to be easy to do if they keep exploding. Hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, Jaeger uh, uh, managed to uh, achieve his feat of, uh, uh, you know, breaking the sound barrier right. on October 14th, 1947. Oh, wow. And that was a big deal because we found out about sonic booms and, you know, hypersonic blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the Air Force is good. And uh, Chuck Jaeger uh, also went on to command. Um, you know, he, like you said, he's a retired brigadier general. And he also was was basically the template they were using for uh, pilots when they started the astronaut program. As was kind of, this was kind of cataloged huh. in the, uh, the right stuff. Okay, which is a pretty nifty movie. Okay, and uh, he has some. Uh, to be fair, uh, General Yeager has some issues with the way he's portrayed in uh, in the right stuff. But it's, it's it's a nice way to say this is sort of the archetype of what the American pilot was at that time. You know, combat you know combat tested and hard. Mm-hmm. And um, he was sort of the template that they, you know, all built all the astronauts. So, out. so what 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 issues did he have as far as his portrayal? So, like, he was portrayed by what, Sam Shepard. Well, what, what was the issues that he? I had? think that he just, man, what were, what were those? I think he just disagreed with some of the. Uh, there was like some reordering of events and some. I think he did. Just, he just didn't like how uh, the dramatic oh, yeah, licenses was, <laughs> that yes. they took. Okay, yeah, that usually happens when um, you know you you base. Um, well, you, when you tell a drama based on, like, you know, real-life story and everything, it's going to be some um, dramatic licenses taken. And the real-life people may not be too happy with it. <laughs> Especially because of the, they're the ones that experienced it, you know? Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I can imagine. He sounds like he was a great, you know, decorated, uh, had a great decorated career. Um, oh, sure. And um, you know he, he's one of those uh, he's one of those names when you grow up in West Virginia you memorize those 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 sorts of names and he's definitely one of those for us so hey, Chuck Yeager man I, I've heard of Chuck Yeager <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah is uh, the name is the name is out there you know <laughs> so that's something I'm that's something I'm nerdy about uh, right. what you want to do next Sam we got a list of things all right so let's try whew, let's try um YouTube. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, YouTube um, is a um, video sharing website, and it started out, you know, really, really, really um, small, usually with a lot of other, you know, how, how sites usually start and everything. But um, YouTube is sort of unique in a matter of um, I, I remember when it first started, and it was mm-hmm. basically just just uploads of, um, you know, just regular. VHS seemed like type video. You yeah. it it was it came out during a time where it wasn't really popular to upload stuff online. You know, as far as video footage and everything, and the content you got online was really slow. So yep. when it came out, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as popular. 
So when technology got better, especially when the HD um, was able to be, you know, uploaded on there, that's when it really exploded. You know, it really got into it, got into a point of where, um, you know, uh, a bunch of uh, just different videos just got uploaded and shared and everything. And, you know, um, looked upon by many all across, like, you know, the world, you know, um, and when smart devices came out, you know, like uh, uh, the iPhones and like, you know, the um, the the the. Android devices, it really proliferated then, you know, everybody started, you know, just uploading their videos and, you know, um, creating different virals, you know, stuff that could be shared and shared and shared and, you know, um, personalities even started being um, made on YouTube. So it just started really taking over. Um, it, it started really taking over really what right around like the 2000 six area it was yeah. right around that time yeah it really exploded around that time um a lot of teens and a lot of um a lot of younger a lot of younger folk really got into like the whole youtube era creating youtube like personalities and stuff and really living their lives on youtube <laughs> you know if you will so um yeah that's you know um youtube is really is really a um has really made a great pop culture influence or culture influence on like you know a lot of people's lives. Well, YouTube, in, in addition to doing the, the you know the technical specs and being the right thing at the right time, because as you said, it you know smartphones really exploded in two thousand eight, two thousand two thousand seven, and YouTube really showed up in two thousand six. Mm -hmm. So taking a video on your cell phone back then was not super duper common or easy, or you know you couldn't really do much with them other than laugh at them later on the phone itself. And so YouTube sort of took that out and, and, and kind of brought that, you know, to the computer, which sounds counterintuitive because why would you take a video from the phone to a computer? But you got to remember in 2006, the phone wasn't as nice <laughs> as it is today. Right. Kids, uh, with your bees in and your bumping. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes these young kids need to remember that, like, you know, the whole idea of everything in the world in your hand didn't, what didn't exist. <laughs> Has not existed for very long in a historical way. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, this has a really short history when you really think about it. But the amazing part about YouTube is that the, the its growth just exploded so much, and it eventually got bought out by you, um, YouTube. It got bought out by Google, you mm -hmm. know, and that really proliferated it too, because Google was on the, you know, um, Google's really much, pretty much being like, you know, the main search engine for like a lot of, you know, a lot of um, users. Well, Google's where all the information is, you know. They yeah. have, they know what people are looking for, where they're going, and when you can direct them to a video platform, I mean, man, that marriage is just strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube's yeah. such an enormous site now. I mean, there are there's a whole sub-economies on YouTube. Yeah. Where you have people who are making, you know, so much money on their on advertisements generating content. Um, it, it's it's really it's really intense. <laughs> I can't I, I can't explain to you enough how how little this existed. <laughs> when I was beginning my adult life, like really, yeah, yeah, nothing was like this. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing out there like that, and all of a sudden, it's just there, and people were smart enough to really take advantage of it, especially those who, who just like to, um, what I want to say, just, just be like creators and you know talk about themselves and everything, and you know post stuff. It, it really got really popular posting stuff about about you know people's lives and stuff. So you could literally you know take a video camera or you know, a, a, your phone or what have you, um, and put it in front of yourself and just talk about yourself. And people, mm -hmm. if you are interesting and compelling enough, you know, people will subscribe to your channel. 
<laughs> you know, and you know when they and you if you get so many subscribers and put up so much you know content and everything, advertisers will actually want to advertise on you know your um on your videos, and mm. you could actually make money <laughs> off yeah. that, you know, just by putting a camera up and being compelling enough for people to follow you. Amazing. You know, yeah, it's it's crazy. Some of the amounts of money people are, you know, certain people are making. Yeah, uh, yeah. We want, you know, we maybe we'll get a YouTube channel someday. Maybe we can make some of that sweet, sweet internet money. Yeah, yeah. You you guys definitely want to see our faces. Uh, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, and they want to see crudely animated avatars. <laughs> Sitting next to each other at an imaginary table. At an imaginary table. Because the table um, won't be real, guys. Listen, no, no offense. We're not in the same place. We sometimes, <laughs> uh, if you can pick them out, okay, great. But we're not always in the same. Place. <laughs> not so always. So we sound way different. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes there's a delay. Oh man, but um, yeah. I mean, I I I love the concept, and it's it's just amazing how uh, when you you like you said when you talk about the rel, you know um how relative is the history it's been around for just a short time you know and for it to explode as much as it has been and for the use of it um and for, to get as much use of it as as it has been for just a few amount of years if you really think about it um even when the explosion you know back in like 2006 2007 is what what 2018 now that's only yeah. like you know 11 12 years i know you know um, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> well, I mean, and that was Earth, and that was one point six billion dollars of Google stock that had sold for in October of two thousand six, and I, but that was Google stock value two thousand six money. Like, think about what that stock's done in the last twelve years. Oh man, man, man! I, I, hey, if if only I invested a few dollars in the Google. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. <laughs> Well, Sam, as, as a friend always said, Sam, you can't DVR. You can't. Re life is not a DVR. You can't rewind life. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that an Adam Sandler movie? That wasn't an Adam Sandler movie, Sam. Oh man, man, oh. man. But um, yeah, YouTube. Um, great, great, great. Um, great app. Great site. Great. Um. Great use of technology, you know. Um, that's that's one thing I've. It, it, another good thing about well, one thing if YouTube has upended is the uh, the way people watch television, the way people mm -hmm. watch, um, you know, the way they view their content and everything. You know, a lot of the younger, you know, you know, are, I keep on saying younger. The the what uh, a, a younger audience is growing up strictly with just watching YouTube videos instead of actually watching, you know, television, like mm -hmm. maybe a lot of, our, you know, our older listeners have, you know. Right. Um, and when I was a kid, yeah. parents used to complain about our attention spans because we were watching, like, you can't do that on television, crazy stuff. <laughs> and I just want to go back in time. I wish I could go back in time, Sam, mm -hmm. so I could be like, where do you get a load of our kids? <laughs> And really frighten them, you know, because that would be a weird voice for like a toddler to have, you know. And two, why would a toddler say something that that, that aggressive? That, yeah. uh, like, Tod like, toddlers um... aren't supposed to be aggressive like that, Sam. Boss baby, where do you see these kids? They won't be able to see and pay attention to nothing. Oh man, and we're gonna send them to your nursing homes to read to you, but they're not they're not gonna read books or stories. They're going to read these things called tweets. 144 characters they is, and you'll hate every second of them. So, tweets like a bird? <laughs> Get them! <laughs> 
He's crazy. Get him. He's from the future. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. That could be a new back to the future. Who's America's movie. biggest enemy in the future? Uh, Russia? Okay, maybe he's, maybe he's telling the truth. That's still going on? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, YouTube is great. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube is great. Produce some really... um. What was the the um the PewDiePie? The, what what is his name? It's PewDiePie. Yeah, I think he's one of one of the most popular, you know, YouTube um YouTube channel holders and everything. There's that guy. There's Logan Paul. Who mm-hmm. also these people are similarly kind of disturbed, like disgusting people, uh, which is sort of something that's been coming up <laughs> this last year. Mm-hmm. That these people are all terrible. Yeah, I mean, at the you know their own when you really dig into their personal and the good good other good thing about YouTube is really not that much of a gatekeeping you know thing with mm-hmm. it. You know, you could pretty much it's it's not so much that you know someone has to really invest here. You pretty much invest in yourself. You know, and right. put yourself out there and everything. YouTube, they have their parameters and everything, but for the most part, it's still freedom. <laughs> you can say and pretty much do what you want. You know, right. I mean, from people, um, you know, doing tutorials on like, you know, baking cookies all, all the way up to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nazis holding propaganda meetings. <laughs> It's right you better there. watch out. And you right better watch out because you'd be surprised how fast the algorithm will slide you from, you know, replacing the uh, replacing the headlights in my Buick Century to uh, Nazi propaganda <laughs> meeting part four. Like you'd be shocked how fast you get. You got to really pay attention. Yeah, because really uh, the algorithm will jump you mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. <laughs> you know, uh, this is. I'm going to give some the kids in the audience some honest advice. So, let me tell you something, kids. You know, when I was younger. If they assigned me something to read, I had one option, and that was to read a book. And I had to sit there by myself in a room with nothing but a book. And if you're a kid now, you know without being told that that sucks. Uh, but I got a better option for you. If you go on YouTube and it's a classic, it's out the, it's in the public domain, you can listen to that book on tape, or you can even hear it while you follow along, which will help your attention. <laughs> so if you are, I don't know, uh, in school... <laughs> Go ahead and just just hook it up that way. I've listened to I've listened to the Count of Monte Cristo that way. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. A yeah. lot of good biographies yeah. and history. So definitely check that out. There's yeah. your public service announcement this week from Nerd Cyclopedia. Nerd Cyclopedia. We we care a little bit. <laughs> just a little. Just enough to do one. <laughs> All right. So that's YouTube. YouTube. All right. What else? YouTube. We got? Let's see here. What else could there be? What else could there be? What about Yoshi? Well, wait a second. What's that? Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, it's the Game of Thrones lore. Uh oh. Our daily, uh, our, our weekly Westeros session. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay, Game of Thrones alarm. That's that's your job. You've done it. <laughs> okay. So this week on Game of Thrones, for why we have. Egret. Oh, man. Who is the wilding lady that Jon Snow spares mm-hmm. and uh, then becomes enamored with. No, I'm not going to. Listen, this is a family podcast, so we're not going to get that detailed. Hey, I love that red hair, though. Well, let me just say this. Mm. Jon Snow used to know nothing. <laughs> now he knows something. Now he knows something, at least. <laughs> Family podcast.
podcast. So, <laughs> it's a family podcast. They can describe <laughs> it that way, right? So, so uh, you know, Ygritte is uh, she's part of a wildling uh, uh, party that ambushes some of the Night's Watch, and uh, she's John's prisoner. And they tell her to kill, you know, tell him to kill her, and he really just can't do it because she's attractive, which is a problem you see in uh, mythology as well in the Trojan War. Yeah, story. That's just a- too pretty to kill. Yeah, but he's too honorable to actually do anything, you know, to her in that way. Although that's not uncommon in Game of Thrones world. It's a rough place. <laughs> and then she brings John to Mance Raider, and they go on a raid south of the Wall. And then uh, John betrays them, and then they meet up at the battle at the Wall. Right. Right. That all correct? I wanted to make sure that's correct because I feel like. You know, she was in a lot of... I feel like they stretched that now many, many seasons, because that's essentially the whole story, but I feel like it took a season and a half. You know, that was a long... <laughs> it took a long time. They have a lot of other stuff going on, too. Yeah, they have dozens of other stuff, most definitely. But, yeah, anyway, right that, at the wall. Anyway, in the, in the show, that kid, Ollie, kills her. Mm-hmm. And he makes that heads up, and Ollie, of course, is a dirty traitor. She's a dirty traitor. <laughs> On the show, he had this look like, um, like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I That's did, right. I, I did got, a good thing. Got her for you, boss. <laughs> got her for you, boss. That wasn't anyone you cared about, right? <laughs> I did, I did a good thing. I did a good thing. I did it. I did the good thing for the boss. John is and like, oh man, you killed the love of my life. Ooh. Come on, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. <laughs> He had his mouth open the whole time, so you never could tell what he was going for. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be the Lord Commander. That's what he sounds like to me. Yeah, she was, um, she was very nice looking, you know, nice red hair. Um, she was, John was very much in love with her, you know. Yes. Um, and you know, it, it was just unfortunate the way that she had to, you know. Pass <laughs> yeah, you know. by the hands of a child, <laughs> or the arrow, I should say. Well, you know, John couldn't bring himself to do it, so right, you know, it had to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, also in Game of Thrones, there is Yunkai, which is the second city in Slaver's Bay. This is where Danny meets Dario Naharis, and he cuts those dudes' heads off, and then they all bust in and then burn up all the masters. <laughs> that is Yunkai. You make it sound so simplistic, you know. It is pretty simplistic, yeah, right? This, I mean, these at are the end of the day. <laughs> these are the two le- least convoluted plots. You know, Danny straightforwardly burning the masters. <laughs> she said she was going to do it. She did it. Uh, and John Snow, you know, uh, trying to get back to, uh, you know, the other side of the wall. Right. So eventually on a collision course. Who knows? I don't. I don't know what happens in the show. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> I have seen the show. Uh, that, <laughs> no, no, no. Hashtag hate Scott because believe do me, this me. this he's a professional Game of Thrones. <laughs> I haven't Watcher. paid more than zero dollars to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> the, the actual number is not is not lower than zero. Guys, he's watches he watches it for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's the talking about it I get paid for. <laughs> yeah, so um, Yun Kai, the battle of Yun Kai. Yeah, okay. So, I know before this alarm went off, and it is a pesky alarm, it's got a mind of its own, Sam, and I hope you understand that. Okay. So, before you were talking about uh, Yoshi. All right, yes, yes, yes. Back Yoshi. To Yoshi. 
Yoshi is Mario's best friend slash car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> you, <laughs> Yoshi is a dinosaur, and he lives on Dinosaur Island. And um, Yoshi is, is, is a, both a character and a species. A species? The are, yes, there are more than one type of Yoshi. Oh, wow. And because there's more than one type, there has to be more than one Yoshi. In fact, oftentimes, Yoshi gets a raw deal in the Mario games, specifically Super Mario World, because you could jump off Yoshi and jump like you were on solid ground. So mm-hmm. you could use him to double jump. It's used many times in the speedrun to great effect, and of course in all the rearranged Super Mario World games. Yoshi also can walk over a lot of different things that hurt Mario otherwise, including piranha plants. Okay. And um, he always, if you do a spin jump with him, he always, uh, you know, he, he has different uh, characteristics depending on the color he is or the curl of a shell he eats. So blue Yoshi can fly. Yellow Yoshi makes like a stomp and like a, puts like a blast wave that, that hurts stuff. Red Yoshi swallows a shell, always spits out fire. And, um, of course, green Yoshi is just Yoshi. I thought I remembered him before, um, um, in the beginning, but he didn't appear until Super Mario World, huh? That's correct. That oh, was wow. his first appearance. And it has recently been established that, uh, you know, what makes Yoshi, uh, stick out his tongue and eat stuff is actually getting punched in the neck <laughs> by Mario. There's a, for a long time, there's a de- debate over whether he was saying go or he, he was punching him. But it was recently re- revealed by the creators that he is punching that dinosaur right in the back of the neck. Oh, man. All the um, dinosaur PTA members, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All those dinosaur lovers out there, you know, are not going to be too happy about that. He just jumps. He just throws him in the pit and jumps over. <laughs> he doesn't care about us at all. Oh, man. Wow, he was peed. So he's actually punching Yoshi to make him stick out his tongue like that. That is, is cruel. It is, you know. It's like spurring a horse, I guess. Oh, man. Hilarious. But so Yoshi can eat. You know, Yoshi needs to be healthy. Right. He eats berries and, and, and coins and mm-hmm. uh, other uh, Mario's enemies. <laughs> really cleans things up for Mario. <laughs> yeah, he needs to get him out the way, you know. Clear the yeah. path. <laughs> Clear the path so for you- Super Mario. So Yoshi has gone on to star in his own uh, in some of his own games, including Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, which was a late game for Super NES where you play as Yoshi. This also introduced Yoshi's signature stomp, hmm. and uh, and also his uh, the fact that he throws eggs, mm-hmm. and it also introduced the fact that Yoshi does a hover jump or a sort of a, he'll start spinning his uh, his feet in the air and sort of get another lift. Oh wow! So okay. his uh, jumps are a little bit longer. Uh-huh. He also can double jump. Um, all this came to the fore in his. Uh, you know uh, his playability in Super Smash Brothers for the N64, a game in which uh, I have played many, many, many hours. Uh, I'm pretty good at that one. That's a. Uh, I'm gonna start mentioning. I'm gonna. I like to mention the games I'm good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good at Smash That's one I know I'm good at. Instant uh, plug. Is uh, so I'll just say that I'm all. I'm all. I'll take on all covers. You just show up in my place. You bring it on. Table, <laughs> put it together. Put it together. I'll, we'll make up a belt. Uh, so. <laughs> So he appeared in all these games and did not appear in Super Mario 64 until you get 120 stars, then he appears on the top of the castle. Mm-hmm. He was going to be a playable character, but they didn't have the time really to do it. And you could ride, you know, you could ride Yoshi in some of the newer ones too. And he's in, um, he's in uh, Super Mario uh, Galaxy 1 and 2 as well. So that's, Yoshi's really cool. Also a playable character in other Nintendo-style games like uh, Mario Party. Um, you know, we mentioned the Super Smash Brothers and um, Super Mario Kart, where Yoshi traditionally has a fast acceleration. 
He's a good beginner mm. cart to use. It says here he was also in Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, they randomly drop him and stuff. Yeah, so they just, you know, probably like some action figures and stuff. And uh, <laughs> I, can, I can't yeah. imagine him in Metal Gear. That is crazy. Wow. <laughs> oh, all, so, you know, also in Legend of Zelda, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, he shows up. Yeah, I'll show up. It makes like a few surprise appearances and different things. They do some crossover like that. I'm a big Nintendo fanboy, everybody. I hope that's obvious. Uh, you know, Had, uh, like hashtag the, love Scott. You can hashtag love Scott if you love Nintendo. What do you call opportunity here? <laughs> You're not. You don't just have to hate, but it's okay. Um, so yeah, so that's Yoshi. Oh, Yoshi also had a game called Yoshi, where you would spin around and you would try to build a Yoshi shell real big to get a big Yoshi to pop out. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a puzzle game. He also was Yoshi's Cookie, which was kind of like Candy Crush, actually. Okay. If you play Candy Crush, you pretty much have an idea of how to play Yoshi's Cookie. <laughs> it would make sense. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, pretty neat. Well, that's Yoshi, huh? Hmm. That's Yoshi. <laughs> Mario Luigi's sidekick, as they said. And Mario yeah. Mario punched him to get his tongue to come out. That is Stupid just wild, man. <laughs> Oh, Stick man. out your tongue, stupid dinosaur! Ah! <laughs> it's a me, Mario. <laughs> All right. All right. So, what else we got here? We got. Whew, how about Yogi Bear? Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear. Now, was he named? He was named after um Yogi Bear, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, he was. He named after Yogi Berra. He was, but he was stylized on um, Art Carney's performance, so like the uh, the friend character on the Honeymooners. Oh wow! Okay. So that's why his uh, voice and mannerisms mimic these uh, mimic this uh, actor. That's what he sounds. <laughs> you ever seen the Honeymooners? Uh, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do today's uh, Chewbacca <laughs> Memorial Society stop and go ahead and watch that CMS uh, presented by the Chewbacca Memorial Society. The Chewbacca Memorial Society, it was fine before you sold it. Why'd you have to wreck it, <laughs> George? George. You, <laughs> well, you should probably go watch some of the original Honeymooners if you don't, uh, if you haven't yet. Ironically, and this is something that'll, that'll tickle uh, tickle everybody's funny bones, I'm sure. Uh, all, of those epi- all of those episodes are available on this website we may have talked to you about already called uh, YouTube. For free. <laughs> for free. You can Please always watch any clips. Yeah, hop apps. Watch mm-hmm. the whole series. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. But uh, that's that's our that's who our Cardi is. So that's that's who he is. Uh, you know, uh, that, that's who he is. And uh, you know, Edward Norton and uh, Yogi Bear are very famous for stealing food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yogi Bear lives in a national park called Jellystone Park, <laughs> and he is a uh, a bear who is um, obsessed with picnic baskets. A picnic basket. <laughs> picnic, picnic baskets. He has uh, <laughs> he has uh, a sidekick named Boo Boo, who's a little bear that runs around with him. Oh, he and first appeared on the Huckleberry Hound show. I remember that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and they try to steal picnic baskets and sandwiches <laughs> out of picnic baskets. And uh, getting away with it and not getting caught by the ranger is pretty much their deal. Yep, I mean that's the whole throw right there. <laughs> yeah, and Yogi Bear would come up with some sort of scheme to entice uh, travelers to deposit their picnic baskets with him. And invariably they would come to uh, uh, some humorous conclusion. Yogi was shady, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. It's just a bear out in the woods, you know? 
<laughs> trying to survive, right? Trying to survive. You know, he's got support, <laughs> trying to make it out in this world, boo-boo. you know? <laughs> he's, got, he's got to keep Boo Boo alive. <laughs> boo Boo couldn't fend for himself. Oh, man. Yeah. You think he'll figure out how to get those picnic baskets? Because <laughs> he's smarter than the average bear. Yeah. Yogi had to do what he had to do. Yogi's know. a smart, smart bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great Poop reflection on real life. You know, you just got to do what you got to do. Be like Yogi. You know. Also, poops in the woods. Dang. <laughs> At least that's pretty, what I pretty, pretty, pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, there's also a chain of. Did you know this? There's a chain of uh, Jellystone Park campsites. Really? That uh, yeah, that uses all the Yogi Bear stuff, like all of it. Oh wow! And they're they're all over the place. They're in you know they're in famous in the the sort of the Laurel Highlands area. Oh wow! So a whole okay. Bunch of them. Okay. So they're like family friendly. You can go and get like a cabin or bring a camper, and they got like you know pool and whatever other stuff. Huh. Mini golf, you know. Oh wow! I didn't know that. It's hmm. a pretty popular thing in this sort of neck of the woods for hmm. young families that want a good value on a trip. All right, so that's Yogi Bear, and what else we got in Y here? I think we got a good one coming up. Um, Star Wars. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The legendary one. That's right. Yoda. (laughs) That's right. So now now for our Star Wars character of the week. Uh, Star Wars character of the week brought to you again by the Chewbacca Memorial Society. CMS, y'all. Chewbacca Memorial Society, uh, we got this advertising to- uh, time so cheap, we're never going to stop using it. All right, so thank you so much, Chewbacca Memorial Society, uh, for your continued patronage. Um, so Yoda is uh, the most powerful sort of known Jedi Master, really, right? Mm-hmm. Yoda is the archetype of the aesthetic, you know, monkish uh, kung fu master, right? Right. So you see these movies like uh, like in Kill Bill 2, mm-hmm. or in the, the show Kung Fu, or in Batman, in <laughs> <laughs> this many iterations of Batman, there always seems to be the wise master who lives in the forest and, and lives outside of society, who is uh, who imparts wisdom to the hero, and that, that's what Yoda is. Yeah, I mean, he uh, was the, um, you know, he, that's a trope <laughs> that has been yes. used many times over. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hence the, hence the not hard to think of uh, examples. We didn't even have to edit that. Just <laughs> right in and there, you know. Um, right. Who came up with the way he his voice and speech was? Was that Lucas or was it Frank Oz? I think that I think that Yoda was sort of like to, to conceived s- of in a certain way. Okay, and then Frank Oz sort of put his his twist on the performance. Okay. So, like, you know, the voice, I think, was probably us. The mannerisms probably were more like how the story was written. Okay. Um, because he was always supposed to be a stoic and powerful Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. And then Lucas wanted, you know, wanted to write in that twist that he was, you know, you know, scamming Luke a little bit to sort of mess with him when he first got there. So he's laughing and acting like he doesn't know what a droid is when he knows this droid, this particular droid. Like, he's met this droid, like, 50 times. Knows his ID, knows that his partner's mind was wiped, uh-huh. but his wasn't. Like knows all that stuff because he was in the, in the room for those meetings. Right, you right, right. has a pretty good memory, but still pulls it off because R two D two is not a snitch. <laughs> not snitch on Yoda. Well, but but who? That by the way is the answer to any plot holes people come up with like like that uh-huh. for for Star Wars the original trilogy. It's because R two D two is no snitch. <laughs> 
always keeps it to himself. Um, but yeah, who came up with the um the the the, the way he spoke though, like the the what do they call it, like the, the how he inverts his like sentences, like with verbs and you know object verb and um like the way he speaks. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm playing this game of Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, and like now I feel like I'm, uh, you know, I'm. Yeah, cause uh, I, I mean that least. that's that, that's a really big thing with the um, you know, with Yoda. You know, the way he speaks to, you know, he speaks wise, but he doesn't really speak like a regular. You know, well, he's not human, <laughs> but he <Yeah>. knows English, <laughs> but but he doesn't speak in complete, you know, sentences. Is that a way right. to um to, to really you know break it down? Um, it's reverse speaking, so it's yeah, like the mm -hmm. object comes before the verb. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you understand exactly what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> for certain. It's always the pa it's passive speech was probably as a they they would you know it would be a relic of the structure of his native of you know the native language. Okay. You know, it's probably okay. just how his brain works. Like in German, the verb's always at the end. Right. So like if you the last word's always the verb so. Like, uh, oh man, I'm gonna mess this up real bad. But, um, like if you were in a car, it would be like fahren. Right. It's gefährt. Gefährt. You put a G in and you put it at the end. It's like how the past tense works. So, uh, it's, it's probably something like that. Also, you know, it's, it's important to remember that Yoda probably sees causality a little bit differently than, uh -huh. than most people because he mm -hmm. can see the future a little bit. Okay. So, he, he does see things a little bit jumbled up. Which is also how the aliens and arrival see things. Which is also, I mean, it's a pretty good trope. Hey, it's been yes, it's why been we gotta yell better right now? Yes. We talk different because things are they perceive things differently. So it says Yoda's characteristic characteristic <laughs> speech patterns have been analyzed and discussed by academic. I'm not able to read y'all. Syntacticians who found it somewhat inconsistent, but could extrapolate. Um, that it has object, subject, verb, word order, making it an, an astrophe. Uh -huh. Wow. But he's supposed to look like Einstein and, um, you know, just sort of a wise old man. <laughs> and for 800 years, is he trained Jedi? So Yoda also owns, like, Yoda owns some really badass moments. And, yeah. And, and Empire Strikes Back, for instance, when he just lifts the X Wing up out of the muck without really moving. Breaking a sweat, <laughs> really paying attention. He's just like, bam, picking up the X Wing. Right. Which is super duper badass. He did it. And a, then. Uh, it was a one cool moment. Was it uh, in Attack of the Clones? Um, oh, yes. Yeah, where he, you know, where where technology finally caught up to the point of where he could actually move really smoothly and everything, you know, that when he was younger, you know, because those movies took place way before, like, the first Star Wars. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, he took the he, he was he was able to fight like a real you know nice Jedi. <laughs> it was really decent. Well, there's a throwaway line, and you know, I don't I don't care for these movies as has been discussed. But there's a throwaway line in Episode Two, which is at the beginning of the movie where Obi Wan says to Anakin, you know, uh, if you keep practicing your swordsmanship, one day perhaps you'll be as good of a a good at the lightsaber as Master Yoda. And they kind of treat it like as an in-joke because you hadn't seen him fight. And then they deliver on it later on. Mm. Which, of the things that happened in that movie, is the cool. it's definitely the coolest yeah, thing. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. He just starts, he just, he just starts, he just walks on in and he's like, no, this ain't going down. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it was a great little callback there and everything. You know, one of the, the better elements that he did put in that movie. So <laughs> So let me ask you this. So, so Yoda, fi Yoda fights more than once. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that's that's the other thing about the that's probably that's on my list of things that surprised me about the prequel trilogy that I, I wasn't I didn't see, you know I didn't see coming. Uh-huh. Um, but Yoda, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know Yoda fights Darth Sidious in episode episode three. Uh-huh. Uh, he comes to terms and starts you know just causes a ruckus in the Imperial Senate chamber and does not win. Hmm. He loses the fight. And he gets, he has to be picked up and he's like running away. And then, you know, Space Jimmy Smith picks him up in his car. <laughs> he says, How are you doing, Yoda? And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding. What are you doing? This is a nice car. Ooh, what deadly this is. Oh, hiding here I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. oh man, good old Yoda, man. I Yoda. Mean, you know, and he does appear in uh, the Force Awakens as a uh, as a voice. Yes. Um, and then he appears in the Last Jedi as a disembodied ghost. Ooh, and real spry who, too. He's real. Um, Yoda has an attitude in the Last Jedi. <laughs> Zap. <laughs> he zaps that tree. You know, mm, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he tells Luke, "Ah, this was all a bunch of BS anyway." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's like, uh, he's like, all right, tap the keg. Did you find it weird that he? I, I know we talked about this in a past podcast and everything. Yes. But did you find it weird that he was in the Last Jedi at all? I, I thought it was interesting that they chose to use Yoda instead of using Obi Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. or both. Mm-hmm. I thought it was it was interesting that we saw them separately like that, and I was sort of expecting them to come as a package deal, and it was kind of. You know, and this is, you know, obviously meta, but it was anticipating, actually, that mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor would be in that movie a little bit. Right. Maybe with a little makeup, maybe it'll look like, you know, look like Alec Guinness, look like old Obi-Wan. I think it was rumored that he was supposed to be, but it just, I guess, never came to pass. But Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, you take the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi and you know you mortgage your likeness, that's in the contract. <laughs> so you might as well mortgage your future and show up and do these other ones. Um, but, yeah, so, so there was some thought about that, but yeah, I thought it was okay because... Um, yeah, I mean it, it was fine. I just thought it was it, compared to um, you know, the uh, Force of Weekends and everything and they didn't really delve into any um well, they didn't really go deep into like, you know, the Skywalker saga or anything right. or delve into anything that happened pre pre Force Awakens. I just thought it was just a little weird. You know, just slightly weird, but you know, right in place that, that he ended up being in that movie. Well, one of my thoughts, and, th- and this is something that I've, I've ruminated on this movie a little bit, and it's coming soon on Xfinity On Demand. <laughs> uh, they have the ads on TV. You can purchase it now. Yeah. So, so one of my thoughts about it is that if you look at, you know, if you look at the the, uh, the main characters of these two movies, of let's, let's take The Force Awakens and, uh-huh. and The Last Jedi as two separate movies. Uh-huh. The Force Awakens is an action movie. Right, right. It's a movie where the characters that are using the Force that are on the screen are young. Mm-hmm. You know, there it's Ray, and it's uh, Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. No one else really uses the Force. Leia does a, a touch, right, in that movie, right, right. just a touch. Uh, but you don't see any of the deeper sort of spiritual connection stuff. You don't see, you know, yeah, you don't see yeah, a yeah. lot of these real like, right. You know, like if, like if Last Jedi opens up, and one of the first things that happens is Snoke reaches through space and slams. <laughs> <laughs> slams General Hux's face on the ground, right, right? Right. Just bang. Right. So, so in the Last Jedi, you have a lot of the f- people that are using the Force are more mature, 
And so you see their understanding of the Force is more mature. So yeah, you have you know you have Kylo Ren and you have Rey who are using the Force extensively in the movie, but you also see Luke, you see Leia, and you see Snoke extensively using the Force in this movie. And so it makes sense that it would be more philosophical because, after all, mm-hmm. right, it's the meditation and philosophy that allows Luke to project his image to Salt Salt Moon, Salt Salt Right, Moon. right. And that's how they win. And it, and it really does make it a completely different movie, even though it uh, mm-hmm. has the same, really the same exact cast as the um, as the Force Awakens movie. It's a it's exactly. a whole different movie. And it's a total rebuke of the Force Awakens if you really look at it this way, because that's all about action. And and every time they do this long range plan with the long odds, it works out and it works out and it works out. Well, in in the Last Jedi, nothing works out. Right. And, you know, all the action, every single plan of action backfires terribly. Right. Terribly. <clears throat> I mean, rolling those speeders out there gets people killed. You know, retreating to the planet gets people killed. I mean, every time they try to do something positive action-wise, it basically turns out terribly. Um, even, vague, even you know, uh, you know, the Admiral staying on the ship ends up turning into a cataclysm, right? Mm-hmm. Just totally wipes out, you know, and what was the coolest visual of the whole movie, obviously. So it just totally wipes out the... Uh, uh, you know, basically half of the uh, of the first order fleet. Right. But it's all this. It's all determination and meditation, and it's not. It's not daring, and it's not long odds, and it's not swashbuckling. You know that wins that. Right. It's it's adherence and, and faith and hope, and and that's what's different about about. The yeah, I mean, and it carries a um, you know, a whole different vibe and a whole different, like you said, spirituality that's not even you know, not really even exist in existence as far as what J.J. Abrams was trying to do in that first movie. So mm-hmm. whether um, Ryan... And actually, I heard that um, Abrams had a um, he had a script plan and then, you know, Ryan Johnson just threw all that out and decided what to do what he wanted to do. Um, it was, it's, a, it's a contrast that, um, um, that I did see there. <laughs> I did feel there. <laughs> and that's why I didn't think that... Um, I didn't... I, I don't want to say I thought that Yoda was out of place, but it was just a difference where I don't think he would have fit in the first movie. No. No, but he wouldn't have fit in, in episode four either. Okay. If you really think about it, you know, episode five, if you're talking about force powers that are, you know, sort of, <clears throat> how do I say, invented, but sort of show up for the first time uh-huh. there. You've got the long-range telepathy, mm-hmm. right? You, can, you know you can choke people at distance. Mm-hmm. You have all of the telekinesis okay. which develops from very 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 small okay. to very 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 large the depth of what's possible in the force is sort of ratcheted up and ratcheted up and ratcheted up mm-hmm. and then the familial connection and the way the feelings can draw people together and create that sort of telepathic bond mm-hmm. hmm. right? right plus plus don't forget also the first real appearance of the flash force goes so so empire expanded significantly what the force capabilities of the Jedi were in comparison to what you would think they were if you only saw episode four, right? Right. And episode eight expands that on a philosophical and a meditative way. Okay. So the powers of the Jedi, you know, to do those things are are increased exponentially in the eighth movie in comparison to the seventh movie. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so, so yes, the, the force awakens, awakens the force, but the last Jedi, this is, you know, this is where, you see the true nature and power of the Force there. And as you can see, like Yoda and Obi-Wan, they say, oh, we're going to be powerful when we're dead, right? 
Well, you see what that means here. Right. Yoda's able to project himself and zap this tree with lightning just... <laughs> just from the grave. Right. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that is insanely powerful, you know? And to be dead like that, too, you know? To be just dead? <laughs> Striking lightning down at people? Well, and and you're right. It would have been decent, or so if if they could have fit like um, Obi Wan in there somehow, some way, because he, I mean, the way him, the way he and Yoda um, died was pretty much the same way, right? Well, Yoda died of natural causes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and Obi Wan was cut down by his, you know, more machine than man apprentice. Right. And an Oedipal struggle of epic proportions, while the real son of the Sudden, that relationship watches on aghast and unable to affect the outcome. Right. But yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Alright, Scott. I'm sorry. Hey, Scott. That was mean. I didn't mean to do that. <sighs> Alright, well... My fault. Well, Yoda, I mean, he was um, he was definitely legendary and everything. And, you know, he did get his last... Um, well, I'm assuming this is going to be his last appearance, you know, in the um, in the um, last Jedi and everything, and we'll, until ne- the next movie comes, and you know, the Star Wars TV series and everything. So we'll see how that goes down. And remember, you know, uh, apart from our sponsored content, uh, sponsored again today by the uh, CMS Chewbacca Memorial Society, uh, who thinks that none of this should ever be discussed or have happened. Uh, we disagree with them sometimes, and that's okay. <laughs> Uh, so we're we're hoping for a lot more Star Wars content. Uh, they just uh, came out. There's going to be some TV shows, live action ones. They announced uh, coming soon, right? They just came out with that and uh, the news, and hopefully we'll see a lot more Yoda. I want to see more Yoda. I want to see what uh, I want to see what this man was like in his prime. You know, I mean, he was only like three or four hundred years old and was really flipping around and just zapping people. I mean, that's about it, Sam. I mean, other than go to iTunes and give us a a review, and you know, I, guys, I've been thinking about this a lot and our policy as you know is to give us five star review or you're gonna get the business and this week the business will be brought to you by the chewbacca memorial society so you better watch out <laughs>